Good morning. You guys are a peppy crowd. You're the 11 o'clock. I mean, you should be, uh, you know, ready to go. See a lot of smiles on faces. That's good. A few people are like, all right, when's it going to get into the message? Enough of this fluff. Well, here we go. No more fluff. I'm going to do this. We are in the middle of a series. Actually, we're reaching the end of a series called Frenzy. And what Frenzy is about is there's just a lot of stuff going on in all of our lives, isn't there? There's a lot of things happening, and it can get to feel a little bit crazy sometimes. And sometimes that pushes us to hasty decisions. It, it pushes us into, you know, directions that we don't want to go. But we don't have to be victims. We can get good advice about how to respond in a positive way to the frenzy that's around us. So today we're going to wrap up this, that series by talking about practicing presence, what it means to practice presence. I believe that you can feel relief from the frenzy by learning to be present in the present. Another way to say that is to be here now. Have you ever been accused of being with someone, but you're really not with them? Like, I get this all the time, mostly with my wife, that I am physically present and in the room And yet I am not connected at all with what she is attempting to say to me. It's a very common thing for my wife to be talking to me. I can hear that there are words coming out. I can see her lips moving. I may even be looking directly into her eye. And yet I have no clue what she's saying to me. It's kind of sad. Maybe some of you guys know what I'm talking about. I also tend to get distracted by the phone. We carry our phones with us everywhere that we go. And they can be a little bit of a distraction. Uh, definitely for me. Uh, I know that one's not just me, though, because anytime you wait in line anywhere, every person in that line has some kind of device that they are looking at as they are waiting in that line. So they're looking on their phones, and they're updating their Twitter accounts, and they're updating Facebook, and they're Pinteresting or whatever the verb form of Pinterest is. I don't know what you do on there. I'm proud to say I've never made it to the place, but something happens there that people like. But people keep working on their phones and they're doing all kinds of things. They're so distracted we don't see each other, right? As a matter of fact, have you ever been in line somewhere and you don't have your phone and everybody else does? It's like that moment of like, oh, oh, I'm going to have to actually interact with the people around me. What is happening? It's like a scary moment when you realize you don't have that cell phone with you. I mean, we're all a bit guilty when it comes to this, that we are distracted in the moment. We aren't practicing presence in the moment. We're distracted by things. There's so many things that are out of control. It's hard not to think about the things that are out of control. We get distracted by our past, by the things that we've done in our past, by the things that we regret, and now we can't go back. And as a result of that, we get tense, we get worried about it, we get stressed. What if I make a bad decision again down the road? And we just get plain distracted from the life that we are currently living. This summer, I had the incredible opportunity to go on mission with a group of students and adult leaders from Daybreak. And we went, there was 14 of us, and we went to Columbia. And we were there for 10 days and had an amazing time uh, serving while we were there and met some incredible people. But one of the the things that we learned while we were there, uh, there's an organization that we worked with called Incalink. And Incalink reaches out to a number of uh, countries in South America and they have a set of values that they work according, uh, according to. And they have a few interns that were serving there this summer, and they served alongside of our team. And they taught us 
these values of Inkalink. And one of the values that they have is very simple, uh, but I feel like it's very applicable to our message today, is that they have one of their rules. The value is be here now. Be here now. And so that's why, I mean, even though we may not use those words in preparing our teams to go on mission trips, we teach our students that from the very beginning. When we go on this trip, we leave our cell phones at home, we leave our laptops at home, we leave any ability to connect with the world back home when we go on these trips because we want to be in that moment, be in that divine moment that God has designed for us to be and to serve uniquely in the way that he has created us to serve. So we're very intentional about that be here now philosophy. We live in that divine moment that God has placed us in. But I think that would be really good advice for us to apply to our everyday lives too. Now I know we can't leave our, you know, all of our methods of communication. We can't just go up on top of a mountaintop every day and say, all right, God, I'm going to be here now. Do what you want in me. And when we have lives to lead and there is communication as a part of that. So I'm not saying go off and be on your own. What I am saying is that in every moment of every day, you have an opportunity to say, God, I am going to rest in you in this moment. I'm going to be here now. I'm going to glean everything I can from today instead of worrying about my past or worrying about my future. I am going to be here now. And that's what we're going to work on today. We're going to kind of look at what this means in practical terms. What does it mean to be here now? We're going to go over two habits that I believe will change your frenzied life if you let them. And the first way to be here now is to, number one, relax. God's got your past and your future. That's the first blank in your outline today. Relax. God's got your past and your future. You know, the frenzy can cause stress in our life, make us feel crazy. You know? It fa- makes us feel like we're completely out of control. And it may tempt us either to live in our past or for our future, missing all of the important moments right here and now. Now, there are many examples of people in the Bible who stepped out of the frenzy when God called them out of the frenzy so that they could be here now and do what God called them to do. The Apostle Paul was one of those. Paul, who at the time was named Saul, had actually been a persecutor of the church and was actually on mission to go to another town where he was trying to stop the Christian message from, being thre- uh, from, from spreading. And then came what we call his Damascus Road experience. He was on this road towards Damascus. And as he was walking, a bright light shone from heaven. And Jesus spoke directly to Saul. Saul immediately fell to the ground and he cried out to Jesus. And Jesus spoke from heaven. Immediately in that moment, Saul was rendered blind so that he could not see. He was blind then for three days before he was able to see again. Now, I don't know about you, But if God shone a light out of heaven that made me blind for three days, I think I'd probably spend those three days talking with God a little bit, connecting with him. I think that's all he would need to do to get my attention. Well, Saul was listening, and he changed that day. And Jesus renamed him from Saul to Paul. And Paul got it. He was never the same after that moment. And now maybe you think your past mistakes were bad, that you've done some things that you're just not proud of. Well, let me encourage you with this, that by his own admission, Paul was a lying, murdering hypocrite. He did a lot of things wrong, but God made him new. So if you're ever feeling about, like feeling bad about who you are or the things that you've done in your past, just say to God, hey God, at least I'm not as bad as Paul. 
that guy was messed up. He was like killing people and stuff. But Paul understood what it meant to be haunted by a shameful past. I mean, look at what he wrote only a few years, few years later. This is out of the book of Philippians. It's chapter 3, and it's verses 13 to 14. It says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So Paul is essentially saying, forget the past. Don't dwell on it anymore. Don't waste a minute of your life dwelling on the past. You know, whether you consider yourself a Christ follower today, or maybe you're just somebody who's exploring faith, uh, or maybe you're even someone that's just not sure how you feel about Jesus or church at all, the good thing about this is that this is a good piece of advice for every single one of you here, so don't miss it. What do we mean when we say living in or living out the past? Let me explain. First, if we live in our past, that means that our past pain or our shame can steal our present joy and the good things that are happening in our lives. You know, sometimes I feel so badly about the things that I've done that I can't see past them. I can't see anything else. Maybe you've been there. You feel so badly about what you've done that you can't get past it. You get stuck in that place. And what I would say to you today, if if that is you, God has a message for you this morning. That you need to stop punishing yourself for what you've done because he has already forgiven you. Give it to him. If you haven't already, ask him to forgive you. Let go of your past. If you have to seek forgiveness of somebody else, go seek forgiveness. But let it go. You know, you may have something in your past, and I don't want to make light of what you're dealing with right now. Sometimes it's not as easy as just walking away from it. You may have something so painful that it's actually influencing and it's distorting your present circumstance. I would encourage you that if you can't walk away from that, if you can't find that moment of just instantaneous healing from God to be able to move on from that hurt, then I would encourage you to do what you need to, to to address that in a healthy way. Don't just let it fester there, but go and talk to somebody about it, whether that means a counselor or a spiritual mentor of yours or a friend or a recovery or a healing group that you need to connect with. If there is hurt in your past and it's preventing you from being able to be here now and experience what God has for you in the moment, then please do what you need to in order to get that thing healthy so that you can get back into a place where you feel like, God loves you and is working with you uh, and that you are, are free from that past. Because God does want to free you from dwelling on the past so that you can live in the present. If you've never really asked for forgiveness for your past and you need a fresh start for your future, I want to offer that to you today too. I mean, maybe you haven't taken that bold step of saying, Jesus, I trust you. I invite you into my heart. I ask you to forgive me. If you haven't done that, I would encourage you to do it because when he forgives, he forgets. He casts it away and he will remember it no more. That's something you can experience today. So that's what we mean about living in the past. But what does it mean to live out the past? When we live out the past, it's our past memories of pleasures that kind of derail our present. There's things that we enjoyed so much in our past that it is now making the present seem like, well, it's just not very good by comparison. Summer of 1996. That was it for me. 
Summer of 96, man, life was good. I had just finished up two years at community college. I was getting ready to go away to college in the fall, and I was excited. I had this great job as a lifeguard at an apartment complex, which meant that nobody ever came, and I just sat there all day, sometimes in the hot tub, sometimes in the pool. I would invite my friends over. They would come over and hang out. And all the time, I'm getting paid twice what all of my friends are to work at McDonald's. It was like the best gig ever. And I discovered something that was also to my advantage that summer, is that at the time, I was skinny. I was also tan. And I was also a lifeguard. You don't even have to be handsome when you have those three things. The ladies are interested. Greatest summer of my life. Now, (laughs) as much as I might romanticize that summer or that time of my life, if I just spent all day every day wishing for the summer of 1996, that wouldn't be healthy for me. That wouldn't be healthy for anybody around me. In fact, it would probably be a very negative thing. There's probably not good that could come from it if I was always trying to live out my past and create that summer of 96 feeling again this year in 2014. Now, I love my wife, and I love being a dad. I love my three kids. But there's times that I don't love having kids. (laughs) Parents, you know what I'm talking about. There's times that it's tough, right? It's difficult. And in those moments, yes, there are flashbacks. There are moments that I think, I remember what life was like before we had kids. You know, when my wife and I, like, if we wanted to go out to dinner, we'd just go out to dinner. If we wanted to take a vacation, we'd go on a vacation. And so there's times where those thoughts enter my mind, like, oh, wasn't that fun when we had that freedom? But the other side of that is that, man, the moments that I have with my kids right now, I mean, there's nothing that can can compare to that. And if as a dad, I was choosing to not be here now, And instead, all I was doing all the time was talking with my wife in front of the kids about, hey, remember when it was like, what it was like when we didn't have these kids? If that's what I was doing, do you think that'd be very encouraging to my kids? No. I mean, they would start to feel like, well, maybe mom and dad actually preferred life before we got here. And that is not truth. I love my kids. And that doesn't mean that there aren't moments where I wish for a little bit more freedom. I wish the opportunity to be able to do something, you know, with a little bit less notice in advance. There's times where, like, I wish for that, I hope for that, but I don't dwell on that because I'm so, I'm so aware of the number of blessings that I have to experience right now that I want to be here now. I don't want to be a parent that many years from now goes, I wish I would have taken advantage of those years when I had that time with my kids. I want to be here now in this moment. You know, some marriages even fail because of this. That you have a husband or a wife that just can't give up on their unrealistic dream of how things used to be or how they pictured their marriage to turn out. They can't give up on that dream of the good old days instead of simply enjoying the present and enjoying what God has blessed them with today. See, living out our past 
keeps us from experiencing the fullness of a present experience. We're so busy trying to recreate what once had happened that we're missing out on what God is providing right here in this moment. So Paul's advice for those who have decided to follow Jesus is relax. You're not perfect. None of us are. That's good news. Don't pretend your past doesn't affect you and don't let it, but the other side of that is don't let it control you, okay? It's okay. It's there. It does affect you, but it does not have to control you. You can choose to say, I'm going to be here now. I'm going to collaborate with God on loosening the hold that my past has over me. So don't live in the past and don't live out the past. Relax a little bit and just be here now. But the past isn't the only thing that steals our attention, is it? The future also steals our attention, right? Sometimes we stress about what's coming next. We're worried about the future. We wonder what's going to happen or, or how we're going to make it or where we're going to be five years, ten years from now. We can all be guilty about, of worrying about tomorrow. But Matthew six thirty four. this is Jesus speaking. He says in Matthew six thirty four. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So Jesus tells us not to worry about tomorrow because really, we're not promised anything. We're not even promised tomorrow. We don't know that tomorrow will come. We don't know what its outcome will be, but we are promised that God cares deeply about both. He cares about tomorrow for you. He cares about the plans that he has for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans that give you hope and a future. He cares about your future. We have to release that to him. So some of the planners in the room are going, what? We have to do what now? We have to give up our control? I can't can't give up control when it's going to happen tomorrow. What kind of madness is this you speak of? Now, Jesus didn't say, don't think about your future. He didn't say don't consider your future or plan for the future. He just was saying don't live for it. Don't worry about it. Don't be consumed by it. Because really it's out of your control anyway. It's in God's hands. In fact, the most control that any of us have over our future actually lies not in the future, but it it lies right now in the here and now. The decisions that we make today is what affects our future greatly. Jesus is essentially inviting you to surrender your plans to him and be here now. Completely live this day. Have you ever caught yourself saying on a Wednesday night, like a busy week at work, on Wednesday you're like, oh Lord, please help me get quickly through Thursday and Friday so I can enjoy the weekend, right? Please just get me to the weekend. I don't even care what happens Thursday and Friday. I just want to get to the weekend and I want to relax, right? For, for pastors, it's a little bit different because we're working on Sunday. We're like, please, God, get me through Sunday so that I can enjoy Monday. I can have my day to relax and enjoy my day. But I wonder sometimes when we have that mode of thinking, when we get excited about what's happening several days ahead, and we say, God, help me get through these days quickly so that I can experience this thing in the future I wonder if we're missing out on opportunities to be here now in the present. You know, for the person that's looking forward to the weekend, I wonder if maybe sometimes on Thursday and Friday, we miss out on an opportunity to have a conversation with a coworker because we're so ready to punch out and get out the door. 
Or maybe for me, on a Sunday morning, I might be so hasty when the service wraps up to say, hey, we got to get home, that I miss an opportunity to have a meaningful conversation with one of you. We need to be here now in the moment. Don't get so geared up about the future, whether it's a few days ahead or weeks ahead or months ahead or years ahead, that we miss out on opportunities uh, to be here now in the moment. And this is good advice no matter who you are. I mean, worry about the past and the future. It steals the present moments of our lives. Our relationships suffer, our work suffers, and we suffer. I mean, we grieve for things that haven't happened the way we expected them to. We need to anticipate a future. We need to plan for the future. But to live for the future only makes our present life really worthless because it's all just about what happens next. Living in the present, however, being here now involves giving our full attention to the situation that we are in, to the task at hand, and to the people that we are with. You in the frenzy, one of the best things we can do, like I've been saying, is to learn to be here now. We, we find relief from the frenzy when we just choose to relax because God's got both our past and our future. Uh, we can stop worrying, planning, and controlling, and instead we can start to rejoice that God gave us this day. And that's the next blank in your outline today is number two, rejoice. God gave you today. You know, when you are in the frenzy, you go to sleep with a thousand things on your head of what has to be done the next day. And then when you wake up in the morning, you've forgotten all those and you have a thousand new things that you have to do that next day. That's just the frenzy. We get caught in that pattern at that pace. And we're so busy and we have so many things going around in our brains that we forget to even take time to recognize, hey, I should rejoice in this day. Not for the things that will happen today, but just this day that I can rejoice and say thank you to God for today. We miss out on that opportunity. This ancient writer of the Psalms, uh, he, wrote, he wrote this way in Psalm 118. He says, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, if you grew up going to church like I did, you probably knew that there was a song with these exact same lyrics, right? You guys, this is how it goes. It goes, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. You guys remember this one, right? Good. Then we're going to sing it together. Okay, here we go. We're going to go this side of the room. And then we're going to go from here over to this side of the room. And we're going to go, this is the day. And then this is the day that the Lord has made. Okay, you guys ready? Oh, this is going to be amazing. (laughs) We're about to have some church up in here. Here we go. All right. One, two, three. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. We will rejoice We will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Stop there. That is the first, last, and only time you will ever hear me sing in a microphone. So mark this day down on your calendar. That was pretty awesome, though. Thank you for obliging me in that. That was good for my Pentecostal roots. Felt pretty good. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We got really used to these words growing up in my family. Um, The church that I went to, we sang this regularly. It was definitely in the rotation. And we sang it a lot. And we got pretty excited about it when we did sing it. I can remember singing it in church. And my mom would get her tambourine out. (laughs) 
And that tambourine, that thing would make me crazy. I'd be saying things to God while I was worshiping. I'd be worshiping, right? This is the day. This is. And then I hear the little like tingle of the thing. She's lifting. I'm like, oh no, here it comes. This blessed tambourine. And my mama starts shaking that tambourine. I was like, God, you got to stop her from shaking that tambourine. I would make deals with him. God, I seriously, I'm going to stop rejoicing if she doesn't stop with that tambourine. God, please rapture away that tambourine right now. We will all praise you for it. It never happened. But can you imagine if it had? That would have been awesome. My mom would have had a serious Holy Ghost moment. She's shaking the tambourine. Jesus! I don't, you guys don't know my mom, but that was spot on. That's an exact impression. She's in this room somewhere, I think. She's like, no, you're preaching. I'm staying home today. <laughs> oh, no, I just saw her. She's back. Everybody wave to my mom. There she is. Mom, did you bring your tambourine today? Praise you, Jesus. <laughs> did you have it when you walked in, though? That's the question. It just disappeared, Matt. All right, so what's my point? Good question. My point is that if we want to be present in our present, we need to start rejoicing in today. It's not enough to just recognize that the day is here, but we need to recognize the God who created us and created us for this day. That we need to rejoice. We need to start our day by looking ahead at our day as it being God's day, not our day. Because no matter what we face in the day ahead, he knows about it. He's preparing us for it, and we are not alone in it. And that, that is enough to rejoice. By taking the time to slow down and realize that this is his day, we open ourselves up to the possibilities of how he is at work in this day without being distracted by yesterday or by tomorrow. Today is like a clean white sheet of paper, and it's up to us how we write on that sheet of paper. So take yesterday's paper and just rip it up and toss it. doesn't matter what's happened in the past, but allow God to write your future as you collaborate with him, as you make decisions to walk closely with him. How many of you know your future? Nobody, right? We all wish we did, right? (laughs) We'd like to know our future. I was a big fan of the uh, Back to the Future movies growing up. Remember when he got that sports almanac and he knew what was going to happen? That, I've never been more jealous of anything in my entire life than that sports almanac. I thought that would be the answer to all of my problems. It wasn't. I bought one. It was fake. We don't know the future, though we would like to. We actually think sometimes, and I'm confessing this myself, I think sometimes that like, oh, I would be a good judge of my future and I would know best how to set up my future. And so instead of me trusting God with my future, I think, God, let me know my future so that I can make decisions to lead me to it. But you know what? I am not (laughs) capable of knowing the future and I'm also not going to be the one that's going to craft it and sculpt it in the way that is best for me. God is. 
Only God really knows our future. And if you want to be free, if you want to enjoy every day, then you'll need to acknowledge that it's God that holds your future in his hands. And today, this day, is his gift to you. All you can do is unwrap it. Be here now. It's simple in concept, but difficult to carry out. I find it incredibly difficult to rejoice when things aren't going my way. When my day isn't lining up the way that I had hoped it would. And for me, I I mean, I see problems everywhere and I forget what I have. I forget the things that I'm truly blessed with. I forget to be grateful for the day that I've been given. And sometimes I don't even like the day that I've been given, more or less rejoice in it. But then I'll read something or I'll hear something or I'll experience something that reminds me of God's intimate care for me. And when I have those moments, those divine appointments, I recognize immediately that every breath, every heartbeat, everything that I have is a gift from him. And that's an amazing thought. It's recognizing that he is in control. Every sunrise, every raindrop, every molecule that sustains life is a gift to me. And beyond the natural evidences of God's care, as a follower of Jesus, the greatest gift that I've been given is the gift of forgiveness that Jesus has forgiven me. Because the greatest gift is not what I see, but how I am seen by him. He sees me as pure. He sees me as forgiven. He sees me as holy. And not because of anything that I have done, but only through the grace afforded me by Jesus. I am seen by the living and powerful God of the universe as clean. And I am able to have a relationship with him because I have invited Jesus to be my leader and my forgiver. I've found that that simple act of gratitude, of recognizing the great gift that he has given me, has become a key way for me to rejoice every day. And the fruit of gratitude in my life is freedom from the fear of death, from the fear of shame, from the fear of living without purpose, and so much more. So if you struggle with change, or you fear the unknown, or maybe you haven't learned to be present in the present, don't get stuck between the safety of the past and the fear of the future and miss the present. Be here now. Don't drown in worry. Don't put your brain on spin cycle because of all the crazy stuff that's going on around you. Don't get caught up with what's not going your way and miss out on God's greatest gift, his loving forgiveness that was meant to set you free. I don't know about you, but I am tired of not being present in the present. I want it to change. Like I shared with you, I do struggle with it often. When I'm at work, I'm thinking about my kids at home and I'm, I'm wondering what are they doing? How are they feeling? Whether they're missing me or not. And when I'm at home, you guessed it, I'm thinking about Chipotle. And <laughs> thinking about whether the black beans need to be refilled or you know if the guacamole is spicy today. These are the things that are going through my mind when I'm trying to Spend time with my kids and sometimes work and stuff that stresses me out there, but mostly burritos. (laughs) But it is hard to be in the moment, to not be distracted by the things outside of that moment that you're trying to control. But I want to encourage you is just to be present with those that you are with. Be fully engaged with those that you are close to and be fully aware of how God is right there in that moment with you as well. That each moment is a divine moment when we invite his divinity into it. Don't live in or live out your past. Instead, let God free you from your past. Live differently. 
See, God's got the future. He's got it taken care of. He's covered your past. He's got it. So just relax and rejoice. And doing so will free you from pain and distractions of worry and control, and it will help you to be more dependent on God. I want to ask you to go ahead and grab your response cards. But once you have it in your hand, I want you to pay very little attention to it. (laughs) Let me explain why. I see a lot of value in the response card as a way for you to respond to what God is doing in your heart today. So I want you, if God is speaking to you, he has a way for you to respond, I want you to write that out today. But if we're not careful, even the response card can be something that would distract us from being here in this moment. So what I would encourage you to do, in just a few moments, we're going to pray. To, we're gonna, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing some worship together. We're going to worship together. And when we do, I just want you to be here now. Don't worry about what's happening next or what's going on this afternoon. I mean, I have to confess to you, this is, this is honest. I, I often sit here in these same seats that you guys are sitting in right now, and I listen to people from our preaching team get up here and do an incredible job sharing the word. And then they get done, and I close up my program guide. And the moment I close my program guide, for some reason, there's like a switch that goes off in my brain that I'm just thinking, what's happening next? You know, all right, where are we going when church is over? What are we going to eat? And I just, that switch, I can't help but flip it. And all of a sudden, I'm disengaged, and I'm not paying attention to what God wants to do in me. Let's not let that happen this morning. Let's be engaged. Let's be here now, in this moment. And so if the response card for you this morning is a distraction then I give you permission not to fill out the response card. Obviously, we'd love to hear from you, but what's most important for you right now in this moment is to be here now and learn what God wants to do in you and through you as you give control to him. Let's pray together. Lord, I love you. And I, I confess that I mess this up a lot. God, I get so wrapped up in the frenzied pace of life uh, and the chaos of, of what's going on around me that I forget to be present with you. I fail to be present with my family. I fail to be present with friends. And God, in this moment, I commit to you that I'm not going to let that happen. I want to enter into this moment with you. And my prayer is that everywhere in this building, that each person that is seated here and, and listening, uh, that we would make that commitment together, uh, that we are going to be here now. We're going to allow you to speak to us and we're going to sing words of, of praise and adoration and honor to you. And we won't be too quick to leave this moment. We'll just linger in this moment and allow you to do your work. It's in your name, your matchless name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.